Welcome, everybody. This is Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk, Season 3, Episode 8. Plenty of football to talk about today with NIL ramping up. Uh, we've also got a new recruit that the Hawkeyes landed out of the Chicagoland area. And then I'm going to go through my game-by-game -game predictions for this season, what the scores will be. Of course, I have no idea, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I've got a couple of odd picks in there, so let's see what happens. But I think it's going to be fun to, to talk about today. But first, let's go to Keegan Murray. He has just lightened it up in the NBA Summer League. He faced Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga recently, and the stats were just overwhelmingly in Murray's favor. In that game, man, Murray, he, he uh, corralled the ball at the end of the game uh, off a deflection, stepped behind the three-point line, knocked down a three to put the game into overtime. The Kings did lose that game, but he has just been playing unbelievably in the Summer League. He's averaged 22 points and over seven rebounds per game. He's shooting close to 50% from the field, close to 40% from three. Just lighten it up. He looks exactly like what, what we saw in college and what we thought Keegan would bring to the NBA. That unbelievable body control, his ability to dribble it up and down the court, just quietly scoring, knocking down threes, getting into the lane, dunking, floating, making baskets mid-range. He just has every tool in his tool belt, and I think he's setting things up to have a pretty strong rookie year. He really belongs on that stage, and it's going to be really interesting this NBA season. Could he be the rookie of the year? No way of knowing at this point, obviously, but it's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, it's it's a ways, ways out, but I, I really think he's going to be vying for that honor if he – stays healthy his rookie season. Well, before I get to my game picks for the 2022 season, I want to talk a little bit of NIL. I just joined the Iowa City NIL Club. That's the one that was organized by players. $199 to join. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. I had kind of planned on the Swarm NIL. Uh, maybe, maybe have to do both in this day and age. Who knows? But I just saw all the players tweeting videos and, and encouraging people uh, to get out there and, and support them. And I decided to go ahead and do it, thinking, man, they're going to give me some pretty good content for the upcoming season. Sounds like they're going to be giving content throughout the season. A little bit tougher for me. I don't live around Iowa City. And, I, you know, I get up to, hopefully I'll get up to about four home games this year. But maybe five, but uh, you know, it's kind of hard for me to get to any meet and greet things that they might have. But the online content I'm looking forward to really don't know what that's going to be yet, but it does intrigue me. And then Tuesday of next week, keep your eye out, the Swarm Collective is going to be announced. They're going to give more details around that. For the Swarm Collective, it's going to be every player based on how much gets donated to that, every player is going to re receive a monthly stipend, it sounds like. And regardless if you're the you know, MVP of the offense or defense or you're a walk-on, I think it's going to be the same for everybody. So that's pretty cool. And then, obviously, you know, star players or players that have, have something unique about them or some way to market themselves can always go out and, and find other sponsors and, and other ways to make money through NIL. 
as well, and there's going to be another collective that's going to help them do that. One other thing before we get to the picks, the Hawkeyes secured commitment number 17 recently with the addition of Chicago-area defensive back Khalil Tate, and he picked the Hawkeyes over the Wisconsin Badgers. Always good to see the Hawkeyes win that recruiting battle. He's ranked as a three-star from 24-7 Sports, and he's joining fellow Chicago-area defensive back three-star safety John Nestor as a Hawkeye commit. So good to see the Hawkeyes doing well in Chicago. And with the latest commitment from Tate, they have a really good one. And some people think he's going to be a candidate for playing the cash position. He's a big physical defensive back. I've seen a lot of people call him a cornerback, but He's a big guy. He's 6'3". He may be cash. He may be a safety. Who knows? We'll see how things shake out. But this 2023 class is ranked well inside the top 20 and looking really good up to this point. Let's go ahead and start talking about the 2022 season. And I'm going to walk through my picks game by game. Not going to get into a whole lot of detail. Mostly just focus on picking the winner of each game. Throw a little bit of color in there as well. And let's get it kicked off. Game one, planning to be there. We'll see what happens, but it's South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. And I'll admit, I do not like these games. I see that you and I is going to be back on the schedule in the future, too. Don't like that one. The Hawkeyes have never lost to you and I, but there have been some close calls playing the Panthers, and it's just too embarrassing to me to lose to an FCS team like you and I. We've seen Iowa State do it over and over again and then the Hawkeyes um, lost to North Dakota State the Bison several years back and I'm so glad I didn't go to that game had some relatives visiting didn't make the trip to Iowa City thankfully but South Dakota State is a is a team that's very similar to UNI maybe not quite to the North Dakota State level but they are a really really good team good coaching and the Jackrabbits they're located in Brookings South Dakota They've qualified for the FCS playoffs for 10 years in a row. And you may recall, they hosted ESPN's game day in 2019 when North Dakota State came to town. And their coach, uh, John Stigelmeyer, I believe is his name, he's a longtime coach at South Dakota State. He has a record of 184 and 111. So he's been around. He knows what he's doing. He has been the head coach of the Jackrabbits since 1997, so he's been there two years longer than Kirk Ferentz has been with the Hawkeyes. They were in the FCS semifinal game last year before losing, and they lost in the finals the year before. So this, this is not a team that's just going to lay down and let the Hawkeyes run all over them. But fortunately for the Hawkeyes, the talent level will be too much for the Jackrabbits. South Dakota State did graduate its quarterback and top running back. They have an experienced quarterback coming back who had been injured last season, uh, played the year before. He's a dual-threat quarterback, decent passer. He's not going to pass it a ton, probably. He's going to tuck it and run quite a bit, a lot of run-pass uh, run option plays in their offense with him at quarterback. But with Iowa's defense, I think they'll be able to hold South Dakota State down, maybe get some turnovers put the offense in some good situations to put some points on the board. The offense is going to have to be ready to go game one, but I'm picking the Hawkeyes, getting the win 31-14, to with the defense leading this game. 
and the offense rushing for close to 200 yards. Next up on the schedule is Iowa State. And sure, Randy Peterson probably has the Cyclones with 10 wins again this season. I'm sure he can't find one thing wrong with their team. I've never read an article where, where he ever thought that, that they were going to lose a game. And their fans are probably talking about multiple Heisman Trophy candidates like they do every preseason. But this team has to be way down in 2022 after losing the quarterback, Purdy, a longtime quarterback. The running back, Brees Hall, both senior tight ends. They lost some offensive linemen. They lost a lot of productive defensive players out there. Linebacker, nose guard, some defensive back guys. And they lost close to 20 guys in the transfer portal as well. Matt Campbell preaches togetherness. There's something that wasn't too together for about 20 guys to leave in the transfer portal. But Matt Campbell is in year seven. He's never beaten Kirk Ferentz. I'm sure that gnaws at him endlessly, but this is not going to be the year he's going to get over the hump. The Hawkeyes will cruise in this one. It's one of those years where Iowa rolls over Iowa State. It doesn't happen too often anymore. The Hawkeyes have won six in a row, seven of the last eight. The one loss was a three-point Cyclone win. The Hawkeyes have won quite a few close games. There was a 31-17 win at Jack Trice Stadium in 2015 and a trouncing 42-3 in Kinnick Stadium in 2016. Don't think it's going to quite be to that level. Campbell seems to have a good staff. They'll have the guys ready. They just aren't the same caliber as the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes will roll 35-13. In heaven, there is no beer, but there will be plenty in and around Kinnick Stadium on September 10th. Next up is Nevada. And I kind of felt like this game was throwing a little bit of a bone to former Hawkeye Jay Norvell, who was coaching Nevada when the game was scheduled, I believe. But he's moved on to Colorado State. New head coach Ken Wilson really has his work cut out for him playing the Hawkeyes. I think the Hawkeyes are going to win this one easily, 41-10. to 10. If the Hawkeyes are scoring points, like I'm saying, you know, some of that's due to the, the defense as well, defense getting turnovers um, and field position with Tory Taylor punting the football. But things will be looking pretty good going to that first road game at Rutgers if that offense is humming a little bit. Now, this one bothers me a bit because Rutgers, they're getting better, and it's the first road test, quite a trip to New Jersey, and uh, head coach Greg Schiano has had success at Rutgers in the past. He's trying to bring them back again. Rutgers was wildly inconsistent last year. I mean, they played Michigan within a touchdown. It was 13-20 to 20 they lost that game. Played them tough. But they got trounced by some other good conference teams, and then they pulled out a few nice wins. So the Hawkeyes better be ready to go, and I'm picking Iowa in this one, 27-17. to 17. The defense does enough to get the Hawkeyes the victory. And then circle the calendar for October 1st. It's my mom's birthday, but it's also the Iowa-Michigan game at Kinnick Stadium. And the Hawkeyes will be gunning for revenge for that 42-3 loss last year in the Big Ten Championship game. Michigan was the better team last year. They just had a much better offense than the Hawkeyes did. But I think the Hawkeyes have a shot at home in Kinnick. You can never count them out in these big games. It could be an ESPN College game day or whatever the Fox Sports version is. I can't think of it right now, but either way, 
Kinnick is going to be electric, and I'm picking the Hawkeyes in a close game, pulling it out 24 to 21. It might be up to a new kicker, whichever of the three candidates is going to win that job, to knock one through the uprights in the closing seconds before the fans storm the field like they did in 2016. Well, next up is a trap game. After the big Michigan game, Brett Bielema is going to put everything he has into upsetting the Hawkeyes. Iowa has a better team, but it's a game sandwiched between Michigan and Ohio State, although there is a, a bye week after the Illinois game prior to the Ohio State game. But I just have a feeling for some reason this game turns into a little bit of a nightmare for the Hawkeyes. They just come out a little bit sluggish, and a couple things don't go their way. And Bielema's Tigerhawk tattoo on his calf hobbles to midfield for a victorious handshake after a win over his former head coach when he was an assistant at Iowa. And Illinois uglies it up and has some fortune with turnovers and beat the Hawkeyes 23-21. to 5-0, and uh, sitting at the top of the world. And the Hawkeyes drop to 5-1 and with a really disappointing loss to Brett Bielema, which I never want to see happen. But for, for some reason, that's just the feeling I have about this game. Well, the Hawkeyes are going to be a little down after that loss, one they should not have dropped in Champaign, Illinois. But they do have a week, as I mentioned, with the bye week before heading to Columbus. And boy, it's always a tough place to play. The Hawkeyes have not been there for a while. And I think the Hawkeyes are really going to put up a fight at the horseshoe. But the talented Ohio State team will take care of business at home. And the Hawkeyes go down 31-24, to giving up over 30 points, which is rare for the Hawkeyes' defense. But Ohio State has such an explosive team, the Hawkeyes just can't quite keep pace with them. So once 5-0, highly ranked. Now the Hawkeyes have come down to earth a bit. 5-2 with Northwestern coming to, coming to town. Fitzy and the boys had a rough season in 2021. The Hawkeyes got a pretty close win on the road. But at Kinnick, the Hawkeyes will get back on the winning track. Kirk Ferentz needs some more wins against Pat Fitzgerald. Hard to believe he's been coach at Northwestern since 2006. He has a winning record against Kirk Ferentz in that time frame. Kirk, Captain Kirk is now 7-9 and nine against Fitzgerald. And one more win will get, get that to uh, just one game from being 500. I expect the Hawkeyes to win this one 38-17. to Again, bank, banking on this offense being improved and a dominating defense for the Hawkeyes. So good to get back in the win column. And then the next four weeks to end the season are just going to be completely bonkers. What a football season this is going to be. First, it's Iowa at Purdue. Not typically what we consider much of a rivalry game, but it's going to be this year for a couple reasons. One, because of the results over the last few years, and one, because of some of the former Hawkeyes that are on that Boilermakers team now. And it's hard to believe Spencer Petras roomed with Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell at the Manning, the Manning Passing Academy. And O'Connell is the quarterback for Purdue and rooming with Charlie Jones now in West Lafayette, and it just all feels a little bit dirty to me. For some reason, of Charlie jumping ship late like he did, but it's all done. 
we've moved on, the team's moved on, and we'll be watching Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones doing everything they can to knock off their, their former team. Jeff Brome has had Iowa's number of late, Brom. And, you know, I think this Iowa team is going to be ready to go for that game. I know it's it's hard to pick the Hawkeyes to win based on recent history in this series and being on the road in West Lafayette, but you know, it's not the greatest stadium in the world. It's not a huge home field advantage. And I really like Iowa's D showing out in this one, slowing down Purdue's offense, kind of shutting down Charlie Jones, shutting down uh, Tyrone Tracy. I mean, they'll get some yards, but but not going off too much. And the Hawkeyes getting a road victory to improve to 7-2. and two, Iowa wins 28-21 to 21 on the road. Well, next, Wisconsin comes to town. And it was a great win over Wisconsin a couple years ago. And then last season, the Hawkeyes just laid an egg in that game. The Iowa offense, led by Brian Ferentz, has had a lot of really rough games against Wisconsin where they just couldn't do anything. And, you know, there has to be a time when the Hawks get this offense going against the Badgers again and with the home field advantage in Kinnick Stadium. I really think the Hawkeyes are going to get this one. Graham Mertz, the Kansas City area quarterback, that's where he hails from, Kansas City area, Blue Valley. He's struggled a bit, and Iowa quarterbacks have as well. But, you know, Iowa's D is going to have a big game against Mertz. The Iowa defensive line is so strong. The linebackers are so strong. I think they're going to really slow down the run, and the Hawkeyes are going to pull out a close one. 21 17. Well, there's another big test on the road after Wisconsin with Iowa traveling to Minnesota and Kirk Ferentz has never lost to P.J. Fleck. And I just, I can't picture Kirk Ferentz with how much he's respected as a coach and, and just the way he carries himself. I just can't picture him losing to a clown like P.J. Fleck and you know, Fleck is kind of fun to watch in press conferences with his little sayings, calling everything elite, rowing the boat, etc. You know, for entertainment purposes. But I don't know how kids fall for his inauthentic brand that he has made up for himself. Uh, it's it's really interesting, but they, they seem to have a pretty decent program going there. They have the quarterback back again this year. Mo Ibrahim is back. From his injury, the stud running back. But I'm going to pick the Hawkeyes. Kirk Ferentz against P.J. Fleck. We know that Kirk Ferentz really wants this one. There's no love lost between these two programs for some reason. I think Fleck does some some dirty things in recruiting or you know the way he talks to players. I don't know. Don't know for sure, but that's kind of what it seems like here. But the Hawkeyes will pull another one out at Kinnick North in Minnesota, and the Hawkeyes will win 31 24. So now the Hawkeyes are sitting at 9-2 and two going into the final game. It's the Cornhuskers coming to town. The Hawkeyes have had quite a stretch of rivalry games, if you consider Purdue a rivalry now. Um, and I think it, it will be for a couple of years before they go back to being Purdue and, and, and not having the success that they've had recently against the Hawkeyes. But Scotty Frost at this point in the season knows his fate. 
he won't be coach of the Huskers after the season, after losses to open the season against Northwestern, losing to North Dakota State at home, uh, Oklahoma, and then just four wins and out of contention for a bowl game. The Hawkeyes roll to a win over Nebraska 45-20, to and the Scott Frost era is over. Frost ends his Nebraska coaching career at 0-5 versus the Hawkeyes and head coach Kirk Ferentz. So I have the Hawkeyes at 10-2. and Is that too aggressive? You know, it's going to take some, some big gains from this offense to do that. I like what I've been hearing in some interviews I've listened to. Um, it sounds like they're really tweaking the offense. They're trying to perfect some things. They're trying to take out some complexity. The, the wide receivers seem pumped, and that's what the Hawkeyes need to be able to get the ball to the wide receivers down the field. Keegan Johnson being fully healthy now is, is huge. Arlen Bruce is poised to have a huge season as well. And the offensive line improvements are going to be the big key to this team. Can they run the ball effectively? Can they do a better job of pass protection this season compared to last where, where Petrus or whoever is going to be the quarterback just didn't have have much time back there. The tight ends for the Hawkeyes are going to have a great season. I like the running backs coming back from last year, as well as the young freshmen coming in. I think one or two of those may get some carries this year. So I think it's going to be a little bit different season offensively. You know, it's we'll have to wait and see. But hopefully these tweaks to the offense are going to make a difference. Biggest question mark games I had is wins. Michigan at home, you know, that's a that's a, a toss-up. It's probably more, you know, 60-40 that Michigan's going to win. I'm taking that home field advantage and, and, and a little revenge factor for the Hawkeyes. And then Purdue on the road, um, you know, the Hawkeyes just haven't been able to break the code against Purdue. But I just think this is going to be one that the Hawkeyes really have circled coming into this season. And then Minnesota on the road, I, I do think that's going to be a tough game with the you know the starting quarterback. I think this is his third year as the starter, and then Ibrahim being back. Um, it's going to be a tough game. And who knows, does Frost get things going this year? Am I wrong saying that they're going to have four wins coming into the season? I just think it's going to be a struggle over there in Lincoln with new coaches, a new quarterback, etc. You know, a bunch of transfer portal players, but are they going to be able to, to get them all on the same page? We'll see how things are going. It's only 50 days out, and I'm excited for the football season to begin. It's going to be here before we know it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If the Hawkeyes are 10-2 and two this coming season, I'm going to be happy. I hope most of you will be too, and let's hope it happens. Go Hawks!